welcome to a new episode of the Book Host Squad podcast. I'm Grace. I'm Sarah. And I'm Shruti. So in this week's episode, we will be having a breakdown slash discussion of You Deserve Each Other by Sarah Hogel, aka Shruti's favorite book. Um, me and Sarah finally read it after telling Shruti we would for months. And But you know what? We did it, and that is good for us. So we'll talk about that. But, and we also have several um, announcements coming throughout this episode. So, you know, stay till the end. Listen and pay attention because you don't want to miss our announcements. They're very, they're very nice. Very good announcements. But first. Exciting too. Yes, they are. That's the word I was thinking of. (laughs) But I said nice instead, which is still applicable. Um, But before we get into all that, uh, we are going to talk about what we read this week. Shruti, what did you read? Um, So I read You Deserve Each Other by Sarah Hogle. Well, Reread is the correct term. Um, we will talk more about that in a bit. Um, but before actually I read that, I read the last book in the Embrace by Magic series by Carolyn Sparks. Um, I've talked about the series like a while back um, where I binge read the first four books in the series. And it's basically like a really, fan- it's a fantasy romance series where like each of the adopted sisters has like magical powers and they meet a guy. And of course it's all happy and magical. But I really liked this last book because it wrapped up a lot of the storylines really well. Like there were some plot twists in the beginning that like were like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. But also I can't believe I didn't, I like didn't see that coming. So it was really exciting. Um, the romance was cute and there was like a battle and stuff and it was, it was an exciting time. It was a good time. So I had fun reading that book. Um, and then I started like literally today, like a couple hours before we started recording um, by Sandra Brown. Thick as Thieves, which is about a heist gone wrong. Um, so there's a murder, there's yeah. some romance. So we'll see what, we'll see what, how this goes. But so far, it looks interesting. So I'm excited. I love a good murder. Sarah, what have you been reading? Uh, mine will be quick. I read You Deserve Each Other by Sarah Hogel wow. for the first time. Yes, exciting stuff. Um, I'm not going to say anything yet because we're going to talk about it later. But it was a good time. And I also chose our next group read, which I'll announce at the end of the episode. So I read like one page of that. So, you know, we'll see. Read. Yeah. Cool. Um, I read You Deserve Each Other as well. But I also finished The Battle of the Labyrinth by Rick Riordan. And all I got to say is Rick Riordan does it again. What a book. I had Constantly such a good time. raising the bar for all of for us. For all of us, yes. <laughs> um, it was so good. I think that this one and the Titans Curse are probably like tied for my favorites so far. I haven't started the last Olympian yet, which is the last one in the series, because um, someone else has it checked out, and I'm waiting until they return it so that I can start it. I'm very excited. But it was good. It was a good one. It t- it took me by surprise. There was like a twist. And I was like, oh. But then my friend was like, you didn't know that? And I was like, no, Katie, I didn't. So before we move into our discussion of You Deserve Each Other, we have a special announcement, which is that the author of your You Deserve Each Other, Sarah Hogle, will be joining us um, in an episode two weeks from today. So that means it'll air on September 21st. And yeah, we're really excited. I'm more excited now because I've actually read her book. Um, <laughs> but it'll be a fun time. It'll be a great time. If we'll full disclosure, your- well, full yes. disclosure, 
the reason why they had to finally read the book was because we got to I would have read it at some point. Yeah, I would have read it very soon. I had it on my Kindle for a while. And then like, I got so excited that this was happening that I like went out and bought a physical copy too. So I, I was very excited for this. And especially like I've been following Sarah Hogle on Twitter for a while. Mm -hmm. I think I started following her like back when Shruti first read the book back like a couple months ago. And she just seems so cool. I'm so excited. Especially now that I've read the book. I have so many questions. I'm so excited. Well, Shruti mentioned the book on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Sarah Hogle. And so I, and she was like, it was so good. Da da da. I love the author, and I was like, but you won't add her, though. Yeah. And then oh, Sarah right. was like, you don't have to. I found <laughs> I you. Hi. And she followed both of us, so that was fun. That was fun. That was so funny. Also, um, I don't own very many physical books because most of the things I read are ebooks, and that's just easier for me to store than, you know, physical mm-hmm. books. Um, but I am thinking I'm going to actually buy a physical book of You Deserve Each Other. Whoa, you should. So. Big. You never buy physical books. Correct. So that's I exciting. Don't. You the can't. physical copy – yeah, it's so cute. I have it on my bookshelf. It's all purple. Like, mm-hmm. on my day off last week, I went to my local bookstore because then I was like, I wonder if they had it. And it was in the staff pick section. It was so exciting. You know what? I saw – we've known about this for a little mm-hmm. while now. And I think I saw – I think I went to Barnes & Noble maybe a few weeks ago. And a couple of my friends were with me. And I saw it and I was like, hey, I, I know that person. I know that author. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, okay. And they, don't, they didn't care because they don't read books. But it was cool for me. <laughs> that's awesome so yes we will be having her on for in two weeks from now and we will be asking her questions but if y'all have any questions you'd like to ask her you can feel free to email us uh dm us on instagram or twitter we have a curious cat which is at the book Hose, and then our twitter is at the book Hose, and our instagram is Book host squad pod and our email is bookhostsquadpod at gmail.com. But we will also be reminding you of all those references slash contact points. I don't know what to call them at the end of the episode. So Social media? Social media. Yeah, that's what it's called. So yeah, send us your questions and maybe we will ask Sarah Hogle them on your behalf. Okay, so we'll start with what were our initial reactions of, we des- of You Deserve Each Other? The non-spoiler reactions. Sarah, want to go first? Yes. Mine were, picture, like, I'm saying this in, like, Lady Gaga's voice from that meme <laughs> where I'm like, amazing, spectacular, show-stopping, it's astounding. I've <laughs> never I been what that, done I've before. never been done before, whatever the adjectives were. I love this book so much. I had such a good time reading it. It was one of those ones where, like, I mean, I, I, I mean, we obviously all enjoy reading here, but some books you don't like, like when you put them down, you're just like, okay, like that's fine, and you don't like need to go back to them anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But like this one, like every time I had to put it down, I was just immediately like, all right, when can I read this next? I need to read more of this, and like I, I haven't stayed up like really late reading in a long time, so I'm always so tired. I stayed up late reading this one every night. I was reading it. It was just such a fun time. I love the characters. I loved like the storyline and maybe I haven't read a lot of other books like this. Like a lot of the tropes were like different from what I've read. So it was really cool and fun and just like five out of five stars from me. <laughs> um, you guys know, I loved this book the first time mm-hmm. I read it and I loved it even more the second time I read it. Um, I think something I noticed with my reread was I found that every scene, like, so I like didn't remember. So I've read a lot since April when I first read this book. Um, and so I don't, I didn't remember like all the details, but I didn't remember, there were a lot of like moments that really had stuck out with me that when I like, that I still remembered and rereading them, 
it's just so fascinating because for one, the perspective of this book is all told from the female character's perspective. And when you, as over time, you like slowly start to understand the male character's perspective, but like knowing it from the very beginning just makes it such an interesting experience because you're like, oh, this is why this is happening. Um, And just like some of the scenes just seem so much more, so just so much cooler and so much more like there's more depth to it, I think, than you realize on first read. Um, I don't know. I just really love it. And like there's every scene, like my notes are basically like, this is my favorite scene. No, this is my favorite scene. Oh, wait, this is my favorite line. No, this is my favorite line. So it was just like a a lot of this is amazing. I love it. Um, It makes me so happy. And I came up with this perfect, I think the tagline, it's, it's like the, it's when like chaotic energy meets nerd energy. And it's just like a big mess and it's beautiful. Yeah. I just, one more thing I want to add to mine is that I was like, so we found out that we're, that Sarah Hogel was going to be on the podcast. And I was like, oh man, like I have to like make sure I like this book. Like what if I don't like it? I'm scared. Like I had a feeling I would, cause it sounded like I knew I wanted to read it like for months now. Um, so I just want to say, I'm so glad it was amazing because um, yeah, it, it was, it was a little <laughs> bit of pressure, but then once I started, I was like, okay, this is going to be good. Like I'm not worried at all anymore. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I mentioned this last week, but I'm not a huge romance reader. I have to have I like a certain kind of romance novels. And you know what? This novel <laughs> fit into that little type. And I also like, again, I'm not a huge romance reader, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But I feel like a lot of romance novels are like very predictable and kind of like not similar, but like have similar things going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that to a knock on romance novels and I'm not saying that's a bad thing because horror is the same way. And I love horror, you know, that's fine. It's fine that they, there's always someone in the background and they get killed <laughs> in the shower. I, I love when they get killed in the shower. It's a fun time. But I notice, but I have a greater appreciation for like horror movies that don't rely on those things or like are more outside of the box or I'm like, oh, I've never seen this before. And I felt this way about Mm -hmm. You Deserve Each Other because it is a slow burn romance novel, but the characters are technically together and engaged at the beginning, which I have never seen before Mm -hmm. in a romance novel. Maybe it's a common thing. I wouldn't know. But I really loved that. It's not. I didn't think it was. See, I know what I'm talking about sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I definitely agree. Like, it was just so unique. Like, the vibe in itself is just very unique. Like, it's like a chaotic, like I mentioned, it's very chaotic in a way. Um, but I think even more so, like, a lot of the tropes, like, there's still, like, common tropes right. in there, like, you know, falling asleep on the couch and ending up cuddling and stuff like that, but there's still, like, that sense of they were already together. We didn't, we should probably started with this. <laughs> you deserve each other is about an engaged couple. Shoot, we forgot to give a summary. <laughs> That's okay. We'll do it now. But basically, you deserve each other is about an engaged couple, so Naomi and Nicholas, um, and they're engaged, and you, we start by, everything is Naomi's perspective, and Naomi is talking about how much she's, like, miserable in this relationship, and how she wants it to end, but Nicholas's mom has put so much money into the wedding that she wants him to break up with her, so that way she doesn't have to, like, go to, the, she doesn't have to fall for it and have to pay for everything, um, and what, as this, she, as this is happening, she comes to realize that maybe Nicholas is actually trying to break up with her. And like, it just becomes this like Mexican standoff of them trying to break up with each other. Um, And then of course, along the way, they end up falling in love with each other again, because it's a romance novel, but it's just so unique about the fact that it's really not about them. It's still a romance novel in that there's two characters falling in love. It's just, they're falling in love again. I think is the really interesting part. And I, and we'll talk about this, I think in a little bit, but like a lot of it is also about how both, both characters are growing, um, not only into the relationship, but like as individuals. And so I think that's 
And that's the problem is that they grew, they had grown up into two different individuals and they had to find their way back to each other. And that's why it's so romantic and nice and cute. Yeah. And it was kind of uh, piggybacking off of what you were saying. Um, it's like, uh, uh, it's different because a lot of times with romance novels, they like get together and the book ends. And it's like fun. That's a good time. But this, you actually got to see like the different dynamics of the already established relationship and how they like, how they grew apart and then started to like re fall back in love while already mm -hmm. having that like dynamic like established and everything. And it was just really interesting because I've never read, um, I don't think I've ever read a book that like started with the couple and kind of saw how their relationship progressed and changed over time. Because like I said, a lot of times when they get together, it's just, it ends and you don't really get to see that. So yeah, cool. I will say some, at some point, at some points during the book, I felt like the cynical little voice in my head trying to talk to mm -hmm. me and it would be like, well, if they're having problems from the beginning, that maybe is, doesn't bode well. 50% of marriages end in divorce. And one thing that really, I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. The friends of Naomi don't like Nicholas either. And I feel like, and by the end that's resolved, but I feel like if my friend knows someone and she's like I don't like them I'm like okay cool we don't like them and mm -hmm. then when she comes to me and she's like just kidding we're fine I'll pretend it's fine but in my head I'm still gonna be like no we don't like well, them so I feel yeah. like it, <laughs> that I got kind of stuck on that a little bit I was like how can they even mm -hmm. like repair that part that's hard to repair I mean that's different because like with my friends and their significant others they'll come to me and tell me about their fights and they're like oh I don't like this person and then when they get back together I do like I pretend I do I, I make nice with them and everything like it's fine but I always have that like little suspicion yes. and it's like you know your friends just oh your friends do go to you with their relationship problems because like your friends you know like it's fine you can talk about it but um yeah, and it, it, it is kind of interesting that you bring that up because, yeah, you do kind of have to, like, work past, like, your animosity towards your friends yeah. and significant others. It's the, it's, and it's animosity on your friend's behalf. Yeah. It's not even, like, you have anything against them. It's just, like, they're my friend and I want the best for them. So I feel like that's kind of what was happening with Naomi's friends because they were, like, oh, he's, like, so mean to Naomi. Like, he doesn't do anything for her because that's what she was thinking and that's what she's yeah. passing along. And then as the book goes on and she starts to see, like, oh, he actually, like, does do all these nice things for me and like as much as she can tell her friends that you know friends are always going to keep that in the it's back true. of their mind be a little mm -hmm. suspicious <laughs> yeah so let's actually start talking about some of these like more detailed mm -hmm. stuff and the spoilers yeah. and everything um so the book really starts off with naomi has this like idea that nicholas doesn't really show her affection and that he's much more concerned with his mom and his family, um, which are not necessarily wrong things. But like, you know, the, I think what's really interesting is this entire book is, of course, again, from Naomi's perspective. So the beginning, you're like, okay, Nicholas is terrible because he's not showing me affection. He's not communicating with me. He's like very standoffish. And yes, you're in your head. You're like, Naomi, you're like being really dramatic and like probably like over exaggerating everything. And you have that in your mind. But like, you don't really understand how much of an unreliable narrator she is until like, things start happening and Nicholas like starts giving her looks and you're like, wait a minute, what's happening here? Um, so I really enjoyed that like slow reveal of like, wait a minute, Nicholas is actually awesome and Naomi's just in her own head. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I thought, well, okay. It was, I mean, you can tell by the way, like Naomi talks and thinks mm -hmm. and all that stuff that she is super dramatic. So you kind of know that going in ish. Mm -hmm. 
But also, in Naomi's defense, some of the things Nicholas did were like, man, what the heck are you doing? But oh, yeah, she absolutely. Was, some of it was misinterpretation, and then the rest of it was pretty much lack of communication. So basically, which is, you know, every couple. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what's so great about it is, like, most of this was just miscommunication. And, like, Naomi is dramatic. And so she just, like, overthinks it. And then she made it into something that it's probably not. And then Nicholas is just, like, a nerd who can't communicate properly. So, like, he wasn't expressing himself in a way. Um, And I have this theory. And we're just jumping around, I think, really. It's it's fine. fine. But this is my theory. Yeah. So, and I think this this is topping on the miscommunication. So, I really had this like epiphany while I was reading this is like they have two different love languages and that is the problem because Mm. Nicholas is very much acts of service where he will like do things for her. And like Naomi has that moment where she realizes, Oh, he's always shoveling the snow for me. He's always, she's, he's like always making me breakfast or he's always taking care of me and stuff. He's always doing those things and no, they're not like giving me flowers or whatever, but he does small, like he does acts of service. He does things so that I don't have to, um, which is I think his way of showing his love. Meanwhile, Naomi is very much more, she needs, like, actual, like, words of affirmation, and she needs gifts and stuff. Like, she needs those, like, actual, like, mm-hmm. really, I think it was words of affirmation is what I think it was. But, like, she's not getting that. And yeah, 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 you're right. So she, and then at the one point, basically, she, she stops giving words because she stops falling in love, and then Nicholas feels like she, he's not getting affection because she's not doing anything, and it's just a vicious cycle. Yeah, well, you're I was so going to say- smart. Yeah, it's so true because <laughs> a big thing that she, like, thinks about, Naomi thinks about in the relationship is that, um, like, the things that Nicholas says, and one of them is something about, like, you know, you don't need mm-hmm. to work, and she thinks, she interprets that as, like, why do you bother doing this? Mm-hmm. I don't care about your passions, and that falls back on that words of affirmation thing, like mm-hmm. you said. I was just going to say the la- and the lack of communication thing, like you said, too, because she doesn't, like, ask him to clarify until, like, later on when she starts realizing, like, what he actually meant mm-hmm. by those things. And I think, like, one of the, the – I think the biggest example, of course, is whenever she's talking about her job and, like, um, employment and stuff like that. And Nicholas is always like, no, you don't need to do that because she's taking it as, like – because I think the moment where she's like, really starts being appreciated is when Nicholas, like, stands up for her when says stuff like, hey, leave her alone to his mom, or when he does say, I'm proud of you and what you're accomplishing, and, you know, those people don't matter to you or whatever. Like, he, he needs to, like, actually say it, and I think it's really awesome to see that. And, like, I never really – it was just really funny. It was just that's that weird epiphany, like, wait, oh, my God, this is love languages, and that's why they don't understand each mm-hmm. other. Um, but, yes, it was cute. That's really yeah. smart. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors. And let's get back to the episode. So let's talk about the characters. Um, let's talk about Naomi first, who this book is in perspective of. What are yeah. our thoughts about Naomi? So um, I love Naomi. I was reading it, and um, she was just, like, so chaotic, but, like, in a really, like, funny and, like, kind of relatable way, for me anyway, um, just because, like, I I found my I'm kind of similar to her in that like my immediate response is like someone has unintentionally slighted me I must have revenge but like <laughs> in real life I normally just like take a take a, have a glass of water and get over it but this book is like if I didn't have a glass of water and get over it for an entire year straight and like I really I'm I, I love that I had such a fun time reading it and I started like a list of times that I found her relatable. And um, the one part where she was like, he takes away her cereal or something. And she goes like, my nutrients. Oh, yeah. And I was like, say. That was good. <laughs> I was like, she yeah. definitely 
Yeah, like, I think it's, she's, Naomi's one of those people who, like, she says what she's thinking, like, and she does, she's mm-hmm. not afraid to filter herself, which is really, I think right. you definitely see it as the book goes on, because, like, she starts getting more and more comfortable with Nicholas again, mm-hmm. and just, like, being completely honest with him, so, like, she's so ridiculous and, like, overdramatic in a way with yeah. it, but it's, like, oh, but no, what I really love about it is that Nicholas is just kind of, like, rolls with it, which I think is what is wonderful mm-hmm. about it, but, like, I know, it's, like, Naomi's doing everything we wish we could do, yes. if we were a real human being. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and I think that's the thing, is, like, I would love to be friends with Naomi, but I also know that I would probably get annoyed with her after a while, but it's great to read about in the book. Yeah. Yes, exactly. exactly. Like, I've never met anyone like her. I'm pretty sure, like, I, I no one exists. I'm sure someone exists like her, but, like, most people are not like her, but, like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, it was kind of like, yeah, like, I'm so, like, she, you know, she stood up for herself, and, like, you know, even when she didn't rely on, even though, even when she and Nicholas were, like, getting, like, I guess, getting back together, like, rekindling their love or whatever, she didn't, like, rely on him to defend her. Like, he did defend her at parts as the book went on, which I'm sure we'll get to soon, but, um, she like I don't know it was just cool and then there were also just like random parts where I'm like this woman is so chaotic and I don't know how she like exists right now but um it was really funny like the part where she like she couldn't drive her car and she just like fucking left it in the road <laughs> yeah! and I was like yo same though like I would never do that but like I have like I- I- I'm bad with cars I wouldn't know what to do if my car wasn't working so like that was pretty funny um and also uh just like her growth throughout the book I think was really good because it started off where she was just like chaotic and like you don't really understand where that's coming from and you're kind of like when like you know you know there has to be more to Nicholas's story and you just want her to like stop and like understand what that is and when she starts doing that as the book goes on it's really interesting because she starts telling you things that she didn't tell you in the beginning mm-hmm. like all, like we were talking about before how all the things Nicholas does for her because in her mind she's so hyper focused on the negative because she assumes that he is as well that like yeah I don't know she was very interesting I really liked her as a main character she was a lot of fun um also we were talking about this in our group chat as we were reading it um I as a Gemini I claim her as a fellow Gemini. No, I have no idea. Um, I don't know enough about astrology, but like, I feel like maybe she's a Gemini. We'll have to so, ask Sarah Hogel. We do about have this. to ask Sarah Hogel. Yeah, um, I'm also not an expert in astrology, but I was the one who was like, "Is she?" At first, I was like, "Maybe she's a Sagittarius," mm-hmm. and then we we're like, "But well, maybe she's a Gemini." And yep. so I was like, you know what? And then Shruti was like, "She's whatever the like vindictive dramatic sign is," and I was like, "Well, let's find out." So I Googled it, and I, now I can't totally remember what the results were. But I Googled most vindictive signs, and then I Googled most dramatic signs. I think signs. she has some and Scorpio in her, too. Scorpio showed up for both mm-hmm. of those lists. Yeah. So did Cancer. Mm. And She's not a Cancer. Yeah. Well, okay. So technically, according – like, canonically <laughs> – <laughs> we're getting into this. Canonically, she couldn't be a Scorpio – or a Sagittarius, because then it would have brought it up her – yeah. The book takes place during those months. I was months, just thinking that. And it would have brought up her birthday, but it didn't. So, As my Gemini theory. Yeah. I'm just saying. We, I think I would, I, maybe Leo was on there. It, yeah, I could see her as a Leo too. I actually, yeah. well, we'll get to this. I actually have a theory. I think Nicholas is like a Leo moon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He has some Leo in him. He's not a Leo. I He's can definitely see a Capricorn. He, I think we like. Yeah, because his birthday is in January, wasn't right. it? Or did I make that yeah. up? Okay. No, no, it's in January. Like, okay. Yeah, him and his mom's birthday in January and their wedding was supposed to be in January 
Um, so, which I had a theory that like his birthday and their wedding are like very close to get like that wedding day is close together, but we don't see them celebrating his birthday. So I don't really know. Do they but say anyway. specifically what the date of his birthday is? Cause couldn't he no. also be an Aquarius? He could also be an Aquarius. So if it is near the date of their wedding, if he was born on, on the wedding was supposed to be like January 26th, something like that, yeah. was it? Something like that. Then it would be, then he would be 24th. Yeah. I think that's a Aquarius season, but he seems so much like a Capricorn. Like, I've decided I he's, a like Capricorn he's a Capricorn with Leo Moon. But anyway, yeah, we'll get yeah. to Nicholas in a second. So yeah, Naomi is really funny, but this whole book, this whole book was just so funny. Like I was just like mm-hmm. smirking to mm-hmm. myself or smiling or chuckling out loud. It was. A I was grinning the entire time. She, me Naomi too. Was great. Yeah, me too. I think uh, the other thing I really loved about Naomi and the fact again that it is from her perspective is she's such an unreliable narrator. And I think that's what yes, makes the book yeah. so funny at times because, like, in the beginning, you're like, this is hilarious, Naomi's dramatic, and this is really funny. And then over time, you're like, okay, she's clearly – something is clearly up because this is definitely not correct. And, like, I think one of the funniest scenes of the entire book is when um, – so Naomi had made a – threw a big fuss because Nicholas was giving his mom flowers – and she had never gotten flowers. So she like mm-hmm. was fun. And she was in her phase of, I'm going to actually stand up for myself and say things. So then Nicholas goes and sends her a bunch of <laughs> flowers. But of course, Naomi, being Naomi, is like, oh my God, they are poisonous. And her and her coworkers proceed to burn all of the flowers. That um, was, it was so I think, funny. It, it was. was. I think it's the most encapsul- I think that scene like encapsulates this book of like she's dramatic he's trying to he's doing his best and then and then I think it's really funny is afterwards like they're they're texting and I think I have this is one of the uh, parts I book, uh, had highlighted he's just like wait you actually burnt them like, yes he, like, he's yeah. like he like totally like ex- absorbs her crazy and he's like yeah totally this is fine this is fine like I'm totally fine wait you actually burned them I thought it was really funny and like they're just so good together mm-hmm. and it was a great scene well he's also I also thought that was funny during that part was he was like if you if they had been poisonous and you burned them you would have died <laughs> yes. that's what i was thinking that whole scene i was like why are they burning them if they're really because i was like kind of in it i was like what if she's right and he is trying to kill her like what i was like nervous i was like are they all gonna end up in the hospital is this a very different book than i thought i think it's just really funny that they're just so dramatic i can't yeah I can't get over yeah her. she's mm-hmm. hilarious yeah it's just um, fun and it's, yeah. it's kind of like what we were saying before, like we all get like dramatic like that in our heads. So like mm-hmm. reading it and like seeing it play out like this was just such a good time. Like it was, it was great. Yeah. Well, what you said, Sarah, about how like later in the book, you find out things that Naomi left out earlier mm-hmm. was very, it felt very realistic because I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. yeah. I and probably other people tend to like create these narratives in our head. And they're like, we're like, this person is bad and these are all the bad things they do, but we don't actually like, they do other things too, Mm -hmm. but we are too busy creating the narrative that we decide to forget about those things. And I thought that was fun. Right. And it goes both ways. Sometimes you fixate on only the good things on a person and you forget all the bad things they've done. Whereas like in this case, she was focusing, fixating only on the bad Mm -hmm. things and she just like wasn't seeing the good things, which like you said, we've all been guilty of, I think. Yeah. I think- one of the details that I can remember from this book that stuck out with me was um, Naomi remembered, like, recalls randomly, like, in the middle about how she had gifted Nicholas this coat, and then he proceeded to wear it all of the time. And she doesn't remember that until, like, you know, she's, like, really into it, and he's already done dramatic, crazy things also. So he, like, I think that that's, like, one of the signs of, like, oh, yeah, 
she like has been doing she has been doing some stuff like she gives gifts by the way no notice mm-hmm. that she gave a gift and like he's rep- he's trying to like show that oh i really love this gift that you've given me and i show my showing appreciation but it's not clicking with her until she ha- she gets a moment to actually see it for what it is yeah yeah definitely so naomi is wonderful and i love her um but nicholas is a giant nerd and that's just my type so uh, he i like i love him um so I think what I love about Nicholas the most and what we really see in his, his character development is in the beginning. And actually, oh, I wanted to mention this by Naomi, actually. And this is, this is relevant. Um, so I had a theory about Naomi. So Nicholas has a line um, like towards the beginning where he's saying like where, he's, where basically he loses his cool and he finally like, get, like loses it. And he's like, I feel like you're just, he's like, I, he basically calls her out on the fact that he feels like you're disassociating. You're never really there present. And I was wondering, do we think Naomi was actually having a moment of, I feel like she was having a moment of like depression and she's like withdrawing from herself and she's not noticing those good details. She's looking at the negative. She can only see the negative stuff. She can't see the positive stuff. And Nicholas is trying, of course, to like, and he, he even admits, he, he was like, what, maybe if I do also don't show you affection, then you'll see how I feel. And he's realizing, oh, that's not a good way of doing it. Instead, he needs to like call her out on it and like, you know, shake something up. Um, and I just thought that was an interesting way of going about it and I just I don't know I really enjoy Nicholas because he's also in the wrong at times he's also crazy dramatic and petty at times which I think is hilarious and a great um but like they just match so well yeah they do and I yeah and I was just gonna say he is on he is like he matches her level of pettiness like he won't go Mm -hmm. out of his way but like sometimes she'll do she would do something and he would be like all right I didn't want to be petty like you but Mm -hmm. I can and I will and it was it was great. It uh, like you said, they matched each other so well. And Nicholas in the beginning, I remember Grace and I were texting in the in the group chat. And we were both like, I don't know if we'll like Nicholas by the end. <laughs> yeah, and Trudy was like, was What worried. do you mean? I love Nicholas. And I was like, Okay, well if Trudy likes him, then like he must end up being good. But it was kind of like we talked about before, like the slow reveal mm-hmm. of like who he really is was just so well done. Because then there's little things that are happening. You're like, Oh, okay, like that was kind of funny that was kind of like cool like maybe he's not so bad like that was kind of sweet and then uh as the book goes on you're like oh he was never really like bad like he made mistakes like everyone does but he's not like a bad person or anything like he's he's a he's a nerd you know he just can't communicate yeah yeah exactly yeah and then he goes out and buys a house which i think is hilarious like no because that's what i hate it about in the office like mm-hmm. jim but oh that, that was a little different i, I, <laughs> I was, was just thinking, thinking was about like, the no, office call it jim halpert how he like bought a house but his although that was worse because he bought his parents house for pam without mm-hmm. asking but nicholas i think he felt like he felt naomi pulling away and he was just kind of like you know what like what do i have left to lose if she's gonna mm-hmm. like pull away anyway i might as well just make a big gesture and buy this house and if she leaves she leaves and if she doesn't then we have this house together so it made more sense because like when he first when he first said that he when we first found out that he bought the house i was like no but then as you find out more about it it, 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 was, it was good, good. it was it made it a lot did. of sense yeah especially mm-hmm. when yeah. you like hear naomi like because you- he brings her to the house and like, she's like looking around into it and she's like, doesn't want to love the house, but Mm -hmm. she's like every room, she's like imagining them and like their family. And like, there's one room she's like, Oh my God, this is going to be the nursery. But she's like, Nope, Nope. That's not allowed. We're making up. (laughs) It's just really funny. And like Nicholas, like, no. And I think that was one of the things I love the most about this is Nicholas knows her so well. Um, Like there are so many details in there that are really tiny throwaway lines 
about like how he gets her her Dr. Pepper and stuff like that. And Naomi like recognized like slowly over time she starts recognizing him doing these small things for her. And he's like, and you realize, oh, he really, really loves her and he really, really wants this to work. Um, and he's trying and he's not perfect. Um, especially you can see with like his relationship with his mom and how that is all handled. Um, mm -hmm. but I think it's just really nice. I don't know. He was just a really good like love interest character because he's not the main character. Naomi is the main character, but yeah. like he definitely has, he, but I think what I appreciate is like he also had a journey to go through. Um, and it didn't overshadow Naomi's, but it like complimented it. Yeah. Something I also appreciated though is like towards the end, you know, they have the kind of like apology scene, but I appreciated that it like, it wasn't like, Oh, Naomi, Naomi is completely wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She was, she had it all backwards and she should apologize, but he, he had some stuff wrong too. Mm -hmm. So they both apologized. Yeah. And I enjoyed that. Cause I was kind of scared that it would be like, actually Naomi is crazy and none of this is true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was sort of that, but not really. And I enjoyed that. I mean, yeah. And I think that's the point is that she wasn't crazy because he wasn't showing her affection. He wasn't mm -hmm. like, he, he wasn't uh, standing up for her. Um, but the problem was he was doing that in like re retaliation, which isn't a good way of handling it because she was also not standing up for him and yeah. stuff like that. Yes, yeah, so let's talk about Nicholas's mom. What are our thoughts? Well, um, poor Deborah. Not poor. What are our thoughts yeah. on Deborah? Uh, I hate her. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think you're supposed to. Yeah, <laughs> she was. It was very interesting the way they did her dynamic or the way Sarah Hogle wrote. Uh, her dynamic with Nicholas because he felt like obligated to her because, you know, she's his mother. She like kind of dotes on him, but she also expects a lot from him. And like, you know, he feels like he has to buy her flowers and do all these things for her out of obligation. And you could see that he consciously made an effort for his relationship with Naomi to not be like that. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously like he didn't want, I mean, not that you would ever want the same relationship with like your fiance as you would with your mother or anything, but like he made an effort to like, make their relationship based on more genuine things than what he saw in his parents and from what his mother expected of him and expected of his father and yeah I just think that was cool and well written I love that the the thing on their house is the incorrect quote about mm -hmm. roses I thought yeah. that was hilarious <laughs> that is funny yeah and I also love how it, it Naomi mentions that in the very beginning how she notices that she never says anything because she wants mm -hmm. to be petty and then you find out at the end that Nicholas is known for the entire time also and it also said nothing yep. because he wants to be petty and yep. you're like this is why yeah. you two deserve each other yep I just feel like I know a lot of Debs yes. in real life <laughs> yes. and I hate them and I have like mostly most of them are like moms of people I danced with in high school mm -hmm. which makes sense because Deb I think in another life could have mm -hmm. been a dance mom totally but um <laughs> Yeah, I, I just hate I just hated her. I thought it was an it's an interesting dynamic to bring in when the significant other when the one one person in a relationship's parents doesn't like their mm -hmm. child's significant other, and it was just such so uncomfortable mm -hmm. to read because especially because she didn't even try to hide it she made it very plain and especially in the beginning when Nicholas didn't stand up for her because you know he was upset with her. Um, it was just like, what are you, like, what are you doing? But, um, then towards the end, they kind of like form a united front and everything. Right. So it, it was nice to, because that kind of like was reflected in the relationship as well. Also, I have to give a shout out to, uh, Harold, who is like a creepy perv who goes strip clubs, oh which I thought was again, absolutely hilarious. Um, and I love that little random detail in there. 
And Harold is the dad for people who yeah. have, yes. have never yes. read this wonderful book. <laughs> Which you should read. Yes. yes. So let's talk about some of the scenes in particular. Um, there are two that are like really sticking out in my head. So let's start with the title scene, the, t- the scene where the title gets name dropped. Um, so there's this character, Melissa, who works with Naomi, or is a become, then becomes an ex-co-worker throughout the book. Um, and she's basically terrible, and she blames Naomi and Nicholas for her ex-boyfriend cheating on her because they knew him, even though he's just a jerk in general. Um, and we later find out that she's such a jerk that she gives terrible references to all of Naomi whenever uh, Naomi's been applying for jobs, and that's mm-hmm. why she keeps getting rejected. Um, yeah. So that's terrible. But I really love the scene, of course, because this is the first time. So Melissa is going off about how terrible Nicholas is. And in the past, Naomi has never said anything and is kind of just kind of, you know, sided with her coworkers because she doesn't want to seem like she's too good for them. And like, that's the air that Nicholas sometimes puts off. Um, but this is the first time where she basically defends him. And she's like, Melissa, you need to step off. Nicholas is awesome. And then, you know, they leave, they leave that store. Um, and I thought this was really great because that's when Melissa drops the line. That's you two deserve, you deserve each other because you're both terrible. And they're like, yeah, we are. And you're right. And I was like, this is perfect because this is the moment where Naomi makes that sleep of like, I'm going to actually defend Nicholas because I see what's going on. So yeah, I love that yeah. scene. Yeah. And it was kind of like a precursor to Nicholas, like defending her. Mm-hmm. So it was like, he saw her do that and he was like, okay, like she's worth, like she's worth this. Like mm-hmm. I, she stood up for me. I'll stand up for her. Mm-hmm. That was good. I enjoyed that as well. Yeah. It was a good scene. Speaking of Melissa, I really liked the scenes with um, Naomi and her coworkers slash friends. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was fun. They work at this little, um, uh, like a general mass general store type place, mm-hmm. a little Nick's and Nacks store. And it's going downhill, and they never have any customers, so they just shoot the, shoot, shoot the shit all day. And I just thought that was a really fun detail. I thought that the coworkers that she had were all very unique and felt, like, very realistic. So I enjoyed those scenes a lot. Those were fun. Yeah. I was just going to say, I love how Leon and Nicholas became friends. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, that was so fun. Um, they definitely gave me Empire Records vibes with that. For those of you who have maybe not seen that movie, um, it's basically about a bunch of people who work at Empire Records and they're like ridiculous. And that's kind of what the vibe was with this as well. Um, I also, for whatever reason, I think the biggest plot twist in the entire book was finding out Zach was gay, but I thought that was a wonderful random. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a plot twist. Yeah, that it was a made sense. Yeah. In retrospect, but it was a plot twist. Like, I mean, my theory was that Zach was totally into Nicholas the entire time, and that's why he was being a jerk. But, you know, that's mm, just... An enemies to, <laughs> to lovers on the side of the enemies to lovers relationship. <laughs> anyway. Sure. Um, yeah, the car one, I mean, I already talked about this. That was just really funny. She's just, like, fucking it was leaves funny. her car. And she calls Nicholas, and he's like, why did you, was you just left your car in the road? And she's like, yeah, and he's just like, what? Okay. Well, I like how he's like kind of like he's accepting of yeah her yeah, weird like, shit. He didn't really question it. He was just like, okay, and then he came and he got her car towed back, and that was that. Like he's a little be- bewildered by it. Yeah, but he's mostly yeah. just like, well, just, this might as well happen. Exactly. Yeah, he just rolls with the punches. This isn't a scene; it's a random tidbit. But I love that um, Nicholas, who was a dentist has a toothless tie, and it is, like, his most prized possession. Mm-hmm. That was cute. What? Yeah. I think my favorite scene 
is the scene where they where Naomi is leaving notes in Nicholas's lunchbox. No. Oh yeah. Because I thought that was really cute. Mm-hmm. That was really cute. Yeah, and I liked uh, the part where he goes away for like a, a weekend or something. And then mm-hmm. she texts him that she, or yeah, does she text him that yes. she him or something? And then he like drives mm-hmm. back that night yes. and she's sleeping in his bed. Like, oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah, so this reminds me, some of my other scenes. So like actually right after that happens, that's when they sleep together, mm-hmm. um, which is nice and great. But actually I was thinking about it and I think the hottest scene in the entire book is actually like happens where, like much earlier where um, they, Naomi, I don't remember what they were doing. I think oh, they had just fallen. So they, Nicholas gets a canoe, gets stranded, gets wet, you know, and they're, like, the entire time, they're, like, messing with each other, and, like, he throws her into the water, whatever. They get into the shower, and naturally, they both just take a shower together, and it's, like, really funny, because Naomi's, like, you're not allowed to look, and then, yet, she doesn't, like, kick him out of the bathroom the entire time either, so they're just standing there taking a shower together, and, like, smirking, and, like, he's just smirking at her, like, the nerd he is. Anyway, so that was a really, like, I like that scene. Um, I think also one of my favorite scenes is the one where they end up like wrestling over the phone. Um, so Naomi is being, is really insecure about the fact that she hasn't been getting any job offers. Um, but Nicholas believes that he might, she might be cheating on him. So he asked her like, you know, who's texting you that you're not letting me see your phone. And then they start wrestling for it. And it's just like a really, it's really funny because they're, they're like wrestling over a phone, which is like really weird. Like it's like a dramatic chaotic thing, but they're having this serious conversation about like, are you cheating on me? No, I'm being insecure about my job opportunities. Also, like, why can't we have these conversations? Like, why can't we communicate? And then, like, they're on top of each other. And it's really funny because he gets turned on. And she's like, are you really getting turned on right now? He's like, yes, you're on top of me. And I'm like, this is hilarious. Yeah, that was, um, yeah, that was pretty, that was really funny. Um, what others? What others? I think my favorite scene, though, I will throw this out, is the very, it's the very end. Um, so we get a flashback to when they first met which was obviously very cute because um, there was in a bowling alley. And Nicholas, I think, is, and this is probably why I really love Nicholas so much. He, basically, they make um, a bet where if he gets a spare, he, then Naomi has to go on a date with him. And he has a split. So he has, like, two pins that are, like, very far apart from each other. So he goes down the runway and kicks them both over. And now he, Naomi has to go on a date with him. And, of course, that's really cute because he's, like, putting it in his own hands. And the reason why this is... like that scene on itself is just cute but it's not the favorite scene but the reason why it's so impactful is later on that they're sitting there throwing away all all their wedding invitations and Naomi says with the last one is if I make the shot then we have to get married right now so Nick Nicholas takes the invitation and puts it in the dumpster himself and then they go get married and elope and it is the cutest thing ever so. I just now put that together. After <laughs> oh, you really? Said that. I was like, oh, oh I yeah, got, she did. She did do yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> I got it right away, and I liked that she waited till like towards the end of the book to mm-hmm. put in how they met because there were like yes. little random yes, points throughout the book where she was like, "How did we even <laughs> yes. meet? How did we even fall in love?" And then you see, you get to see it. It yeah. was cool. Yeah, every time she would be like, "How did? How did we do? How, I don't even remember how I met you." I'd be like, "Oh my god, they're gonna tell us at the end." And then they yeah. did, and I was like, "Ha! I knew it." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also love that they got eloped, that they got eloped. I also love that they eloped in the end, like, and they were having this thing about, like, we could just go, like, all these random places, and they're like, why don't we just get married in our backyard? And they're like, oh, yeah. And I was like, yes, guys, thank you. Yeah, I so. saw that from, from the beginning. I was like, they have this house. Why wouldn't they just get married there? Yeah, that's true. Although I must say, this is just my personal thing. I have no interest in getting married, but I, if I did get married, it would be just to have a wedding, because I really like weddings. Mm-hmm. So anytime, like, some characters are like, let's elope, I'm like, that. why? I know. <laughs> The point of getting married is the wedding. I mean, the rest is just whatever, but the wedding is why you should do it. 
I'm the opposite. I would much rather get a elo- much rather elope than have a massive wedding. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, <laughs> yes. it was. It made sense for them to elope. Yeah, yeah, did. especially like in their in their in their backyard in their house because yeah. their whole thing was like, you know, they didn't want to have to deal with the mother and other people like getting involved yeah. in their relationship. Right. So they both took it into families. their own hands. Right. And I think that was the other thing. Naomi's family, like we never really see them except for actually their scene where they first meet. Um, but it's, you know, it's heavily hinted at that, like, they're terrible and, like, are not around and mm-hmm. that stuff, which I thought was really interesting because we never see them, but they're also terrible. So, like, you really get that sense of they're really building a family on their own. Yeah. Um, although I will say, I really wanted to meet Nicholas's sister. I'm sad we never got to meet her sister. Yeah. Sister. I would, you deserve each other, curious. too. Nicholas's yes. sister. <laughs> I would love that. I was, I thought, I actually forgot about her, but, yeah, now that I think about it, I was like, oh, I'm excited to meet her. I think she'll be cool, but. Yeah, I kind of understand it. There were a lot of characters. <laughs> That's true. So my closing statement on this book is that half, like 75% of the way through the book, I had a revelation, which is that You Deserve Each Other by Sarah Hogle has the same energy as Escape, a.k.a. the Pina Colada song, which is, <laughs> if, you've never, if you've never heard of this wonderful song, first of all, I, I highly doubt that. But second of all, it is a song about a man who is not in love with his wife anymore. So he puts an ad in the newspaper and asks if they like, he's looking for someone who likes pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. And he, someone responds to their ad and says, yes, I do like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. And then they meet, he meets that person and it's his wife. It has um, the same energy. And you know I, I, I know that right. about the song. You know what? I can see it. I can, I can, I can I, kind of see it. You know, that's, a, that's an interesting take. I will um. say, though, <laughs> this book is obviously very, like, fall-winter vibes, right? Yeah, because and that's very, place. like, summer. Right. That's the only It is the winter equivalent to the <laughs> okay. Pina Colada song. All right, all right. All right. I'll accept that. Also, if the I'm Pina Colada to... song was called Do You Like Hot Chocolate and Vacations in Antarctica? There we go. It would yeah. be easy. You there we go. It was, it was Alaska. But okay. okay. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Or maybe it wasn't Antarctica. No, I think no, it was Alaska. Either way. I don't know either what you're talking about. Doesn't matter. Oh, they talk about going on like an Alaskan vacation at one point. Oh, oh yeah. But anyway, back to the, the fall vibes thing. I, I, bought, like, I bought this book at the books, at the bookstore near my house. And I was just like sitting in the town. I was drinking. I got my first pumpkin spice latte of the season. I had no idea that this book had like fall vibes. I was just like sitting on a bench. I read the first chapter and then she starts talking about like how she loves fall. And I was like, man, this is the vibes (laughs) are perfect right now. I'm drinking a pumpkin spice latte. I'm just sitting on a bench. It's still like 90 degrees out because it was still August, but it's fine. (laughs) The vibes Mm -hmm. were still there. (laughs) Yes. Overall, we really loved this book. And we're very we excited did. to talk we did. to Sarah Hogle. Yeah. Um, so if you have any questions, whether stuff we've talked about or just you have on your you have for yourself, definitely let us know on all our social medias, which we'll we'll be talking about in a second here. But yeah, we will definitely we would love to ask Sarah Hogle your questions. Yes. yes. Before we wrap up, I have an announcement, and that is our group read for September. So this group read we'll be doing what the book hoes have never done before. Oh, no. And it is a book that I have not even read yet. Oh. Uh-huh. I'm choosing it because I want to read it. And uh, I, have it on, I, I have it on hold from the library right now. It sounds really good. I would like to, to read it with all of you. So oh. I think that will be fun. Yeah, I'm hoping it's good. I think it will be. It got really good reviews. Um, I'm really excited to read it, like I said. 
And I'm interested to see how this little experiment works out. I did not tell Grace and Trudy we were doing this she in advance. Nope. I hope they're cool with no, it. No, it's fine. But <laughs> yeah. So but I think it will be fun, you know, a fun little experiment. So the book I chose is You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson. I own that oh. book. You own I, it? I oh own it. I got it. Okay. So it came out in like May, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It came out in like May and, you know, during May was all the protester protests and all that stuff. And everyone was like, you should buy black books and you should be supporting black yes. creators and buying from black bookstores and all that stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, yes, I will do that. So I ordered like several and I ordered, you should see me in a crown. And so many other people ordered it that it was mm-hmm. backlisted. So I mm. got it in like July mm-hmm. and I kept being like, this is the next book I read. This is the next book I read. And now it will be the next book I read. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I've had it. I've had my eye on it for a while. And like, it just sounds really good. Um, it's about a, here, I'll read, I'll read the description. The story follows Liz Lightly, who hatches a plan to leave the small, rich, prom-obsessed Midwestern town she lives in because she feels too black, too poor, too awkward to live her best life there. And I think it's like she, like, hatches a plan to, like, become prom queen and, like, stuff mm. like that. Um, I'm probably missing. Oh, wait. Okay. She hopes to run for prom queen uh, in order to win a scholarship to college because her financial aid plans ran through. And this just seems like a very fun, like, classic YA style. It like, does. High, like, throwback mm-hmm. to high school kind of book. And, you know, like, September's, like, first day of school. But I don't know. That's not really why I chose it. But now that I'm saying <laughs> it, it fits. Um, and, yeah, I'm excited to read it with you all. I hope you all will join us in reading it. And uh, – I'm interested to see how it goes. Let's go reading a book that none of us have read before. Yes, I'm excited. I'm mm-hmm. glad that you picked this because I yeah. started to. I I own. I've got. I've, I've acquired so many books lately, mm-hmm. so I was like, I gotta read some of these. But I'm reading. You deserve each other, and you know Sarah's gonna pick a book this month. When am I gonna have time? Yeah, but now I do because I own. There we go. <laughs> Worked out for everyone. Yeah. So if you're reading okay. along with us, let's make sure you use the hashtag #BookCosRead. Yes, definitely. And uh, you can, if you make a post on Instagram, be sure to tag us at BookHostSquadPod. And you can also follow us on Twitter and you can DM us your questions for Sarah Hogel or you can send them to our Curious Cat. And also next week's episode is going to be about hot takes, which means that y'all should send us our hot takes. Your, wait, y'all should your- send us your hot takes and we are going to judge them probably very harshly. But also, if you've heard us say something in an episode that you, like, strongly disagree with, like, feel free to yes. send it in. We will yes. cyberbully you, but you know what? This is your chance to have your voice heard. And you can send those, plus your questions to Sarah Hogel, to our Twitter, at the Hose, and to our Curious Cat, which is also the Hose. And as always, make sure you leave a rating, write a review, and subscribe to our channel, whether it is on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Because we want more people to listen to us. Because that's fun. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye.